Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This episode of the Sartoro Geek Podcast is sponsored by Logan Arch. Logan Arch has super cute, nostalgic, and nerdy accessories and apparel. Um, if you're a Hamilton fan or a gaming fan, I think you'll find something that you love. They have adorable enamel pins and these really, really cute new coin purses and regular purses that I'm obsessed with. If that sounds up your alley, please check them out at loganartschicago.com and all over the internet at loganartschicago. Hey, welcome to the Sartorial Geek Podcast. I'm Jordan Ellis of Jordan and Danae, and I'm here with Kate Broomhead. Hello. Um, I don't know. You sound pretty good. I sound a little... Uh, New York Comic Con ended two days ago, so yeah. my voice is still kind of gone. You've got that post-con rasp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just from talking for like six straight days. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. And you talk to a lot more people than I did, I'm sure. Well, but you have like a very busy con experience too. Tell everyone like what okay. what you're what you do. So I mean I used to work for a company, so I used to work the con, which meant that I was at a booth the entire time. Um, but this particular year it was more so that we had the whole Star Wars experience going on over in the annex, which is was on like 37th Street about a block from the con. So we were over there every day for a couple of hours talking to people and raising money for Make-A-Wish, which our total, is, I think I'm going to get this right, $7,745 wow. for Make-A-Wish. So that was That's amazing. Yeah, that was super, super special. But then, you know, I'm, I'm one of those, I, I didn't plan on it, but it happened that I became one of those faces that was very recognizable in the cosplay community. So I was constantly talking with people, but I was also on two panels for the first time at New York Comic Con, which was Yay. super fun. So Friday night I was on the LFL panel where we were talking about it was it was um, one representative one representative or multiple representatives from each of the five Lucasfilm organizations five hundred one Rebel Legion Mandalorian Mercs Droid Builders and Saber Guild and we talked about how you can become a member and um, who to reach out to to talk about getting your costumes approved and all that stuff that was Friday and then on Sunday I was on a panel that was called Cosplay for a Cause and it was myself uh, Christine Evans. My boyfriend, uh, Colorado Captain, Matt Gleoynek, and um, Tom Spina from Tom Spina Designs and Regal Robot. And he was representing Magic Wheelchair. So we basically were telling everyone what we do in our respective um, organizations and companies and how you can, for our, for our community, and how you can get involved in something like that. So it was a pretty busy con all over. That's but, awesome, though, because I yeah. don't, I mean, I don't. I don't know how many people normally associate cosplay with like charity or outreach or like giving back, but I think that's one of the really cool things that you do that I always think yeah. is amazing. I mean, it, it was always kind of a, it's funny. I fell into cosplay in my opinion, it was kind of a natural progression. Um, I went to school for costume design and when I got out of college, I, I was in the economic downturn when I graduated from college. So I couldn't get an yep, apprenticeship. So fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I couldn't get one of those prestigious apprenticeships with the bigger theaters that are on the Eastern East coast. Um, one of them being Juilliard, which I applied to twice and didn't get in. Um, so I couldn't get at that. So I, I was kind of stuck in retail hell for about six years Yeah, and it became a, um, a, a method of using my creative energy. 
So I remember going to New York Comic Con, I think two years in a row before my group and I decided, let's try cosplay next year. And this is, I'm going on seven years uh, at New York Comic Con and five years of cosplaying. So, That's so awesome. Yeah. And it was, I get, I get that question a lot from people of like, you, this is the first time they look at my first cosplays and they go, that was your first time cosplaying. How do you? And I went, okay, well, well, I'm a special case. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't start from like zero no. skills or talents in the field. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I learned how to sew when I was 16 years old and, and went to college for costume design and I got to learn how to do research and how to take a drawing or a cartoon and turn it into reality. That was what I was taught to do in college. So I kind of had that like added, I have this skill set, but now I want to start teaching people how to do that. So hopefully that can be another way that my company, which is Cosmic Effect, hopefully we can be able to give that back. And we're starting classes come, I think the winter for sewing and everything. That we can that's so play. cool. Yeah. That's like really amazing too, because I know a ton of people who want to get into cosplay either like don't know how to connect with people to make their costumes or don't know how to get the skills themselves. Right. So that's an incredible resource. Yeah. Um, I mean, actually, someone who, we're, we're connected into the New York city burlesque community as well. Cause our president of our board and one of our founding members of cause and effect is a burlesque producer in New York city. And a lot of his performers either know how to hand sew or they have to get their costumes built by other people and their costumes are specific and need to come apart a certain way. Yeah. And they don't know how to make it themselves. And a lot of them are the people that we've had come to us and go, when are you going to offer sewing courses? Cause we go to the show that he produces every month and we've gotten to know these people over the last year and a half. And they just, they just want to know how to do it themselves, how to use the sewing machine their mother gave them for Christmas and not be afraid of it and not be afraid of, you know, well, I, I cut the fabric wrong. I don't know how I cut the fabric wrong. Well, we can teach you why you cut the fabric wrong. And here's how grain line works, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's so cool too for like, I mean, burlesque is a good example, but even anyone who has like specific needs for their costumes, mm-hmm. like being able to do it yourself means you can like right. add whatever special features are just for you, which is amazing. Yeah. And you know, and that's, that's one of this, this is kind of a, a little off the topic, but kind of the same, but one of my favorite things about cosplay is that you don't, there are people out there who are all for their, you know, accuracy and making it look just like the costume, the the character on the screen. Um, and then there are other people like I jokingly say that Christine and I are stitch counters. We're, we're kind of those people who obsess over that stuff, Yeah, but you can still, as long as you're happy in your costume and you can go off and do that, then like that's, absolutely the way that you should do it um but uh oh crap I just lost my train of thought <laughs> what have you just said that I well, made me go that way I'm so sorry no 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 that's okay I, I'm glad you brought that up because I had never heard of like I'm I'm not super super familiar with cosplay like I just sort of learn things from being in the con world but I thought it was kind of wild the first time I heard about like the different organizations especially the Star Wars ones that you Mm -hmm. were talking about that like you you actually do have to be basically perfect like the standard is yeah so the way that they operate is it's not it's not exactly perfect it's just um because we are backed by Lucasfilm and Disney they have a set a set standard that they want us to follow so it's not exactly perfect it's more so that you do have to go through the judging process and there are going to be certain things that they might want you to tweak or or change a little bit to make you able to stand next to any other you know, any other Leia or Mon Mothma or Admiral Haldo in the, in the world, because it is a worldwide organization. 
Um, I think that's so cool. And it's just, it's just to ensure that the illusion is kept. It's not, they're not trying to be mean. They're not trying to exclude anyone. It's, it's literally just that they want to make sure that you get through it. And honestly, once you get through that judging process, it's nothing but a bunch of fun. You know, getting to go into the kids' hospitals and have these kids. And what really gets me, I I went on my first hospital visit um, back in May, and I was. It was me and uh, Christina's as Leia, and then we also had a Jedi with us that we were walking around with. The kids wanted more to do with the Jedi and that lightsaber than anything (laughs) else. And and you know, we had one little boy who was in there for speech therapy, and. did not speak. He had to speak with the use of a computer and they were trying to teach him. He was about three or four trying to teach him how to use that computer. And he saw that lightsaber and that's all he wanted to do was push the button to make it make the noise. That's they had, awesome. They were, the one woman who was his teacher was getting really emotional because she's like, I've never seen him be this focused on a person before. And he oh was my so absolutely focused on the, on our Jedi friend who was with us that he just, you know, he, they took him forever to get him away from him and back to it back to his session because he wanted that's all he wanted to do was play with the lightsaber it was so special and so. that's so cool when they're like I mean impressing adults is fine and cool but I feel like interactions with kids are always the things yeah. that stand out to cosplayers because you like really you're the person that they want to see in real life in front of them which oh, is like yeah. so incredible yeah I've got I've got oh I've got one of those from this weekend so I I cosplay the 13th doctor and, Which um, is brand new, so yeah. that's awesome that you got that together so fast. Well, so I've had that costume for a while. I, I actually threw together a um, a Goodwill version of it the day that it was dropped because I was leaving. I for, remember. <laughs> I saw you that weekend. <laughs> yeah, I was leaving for that convention on Thursday night, I think, or Friday morning. And on Thursday morning at 8 a.m., our time, they dropped that costume. Yep. Christine stopped in her in her thrift store on the way down to the studio and just dumped everything in my lap. <laughs> I was like, "We're doing this." That's, so, that was so awesome. Yeah, I've had that that costume since November, really. But I mean, the coat I had to build, and um, you know, I've done some tweaks along the way, and I've got a couple more upgrades I want to make. But it's it, the thing that it was really shown to me, and not that I didn't know how how very important she was going to be. She's my doctor. She's my first doctor. Um, I know Dr. Who, I've seen episodes of it and and I got into it because I was shown it kind of the right way for my brain. I was shown someone's favorite episodes and then that person found out my favorite character in those episodes and then showed me that character's arc. So it kind of got me into Dr. Who that way. I have a lot more to watch and a lot more to learn, but like Jodie's my doctor. And I think that's going to be the case for a lot of people. So I'm excited. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's, it was important for me on that front, but I'm standing at near Comic-Con. It's maybe two o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday. So it's the last day of con. Everyone's tired. People are sitting around me on the floor and I was down in, I call it the fishbowl, but there's this area that's right outside where the main stage lets out. And it's got this big round open section that has big pillars and the light from the windows of the glass palace kind of shine down onto it. Oh, cool. And I was standing there and I was waiting for a friend to meet me because I was going to take some photos of her in a dress that I'd made for her. And I've got my phone in one hand texting her. I'm dressed as the doctor. Phone in one hand texting her and I've got a glass of wine in the other. <laughs> Perfect. Um, that was my Sunday. 
Yeah. And I looked up and I caught the eye of a, a gentleman kind of about 10 feet from me. And he's, he looked, he looks away from me and looks down and he goes, go ahead and ask her. And I looked down and there's this seven year old girl. Aww. And I went, okay, well the phone's going in my bag and the wine's going to go behind my back. Right. And let me kneel down in front of her. And as soon as I was down on her level, she was probably, you know, five or so feet from me. As soon as I was down on her level, she was right, like almost in my face. I thought she was going to hug me. Oh, she didn't, but she shows me her t-shirt and on her t-shirt is the 13th doctor. And the shirt says it's about time. That's so cute. Okay. Now I have to click into character mode. Yeah. (laughs) This is character mode. And I would look at her and I made a whole big to do. I was like, I'm on t-shirts. I'm on t-shirts here. Where did you get that? And like talking about, have you had a good day today? Are you excited for the episode tonight? Blah, blah, blah. Do you want to get a photo? We get a photo together and I'm standing at this point. I'd given her the sonic screwdriver and I I'd stood up and we took our photo and I, she handed me the sonic back and I tucked it in my pocket and I motioned for her to get closer to me. And I asked her, you know, who's your favorite doctor? And she very kind of bashfully looks up at me and she goes, I think you. Oh. And I was like, I need to not cry right now. Like, that's so cute. Like, that's how special this is. This girl is like seven or eight years old. And yeah, maybe her dad showed her a couple of episodes of Doctor Who, or maybe she knows all of it. But for her to stand there and be like, I think you. Yeah. Seven. Like, I so love important. that. It's so important. So like, and that's, that's the magic of cosplay right there. And I think it's really cool. It seems like the, it seems like you choose cosplay of like strong yeah. characters, which is really yeah. nice. Like, I, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with cosplaying characters that you just love that aren't necessarily like role models, but What's I feel like it's cool that you do. You know, it's a feeling for me. It, I have to have a connection. I can't, I do have a couple of characters in my arsenal that I did because they were requests. I, I have Silk Spectre, which is not, um, not going to call her a, not a strong female character, but she, her it's and it's not the not the younger version the mother the 1940s yeah. version she has a uh, she gets kind of the raw end of the deal in the storyline of Watchmen and she's only really in it very briefly plus yeah. she she's you know an expert less performer whose manager decided she needed to be a superhero like that's her her um bio basically so but I did that one because um I was asked to by the company I used to work for because I have the right hair for it, the right hair color for it. And, um, it's my aesthetic, 1940s, 1950s. It's kind of my aesthetic. So I've got like her, then I randomly did Sharon Carter once upon a time to be with a group of friends who wanted to do a group costume and all the other characters have been chosen. But for me, they really have to speak to me. So, you know, I, the only Leia that I currently do is general Leia from the force awakens. And it's because Leia hasn't been in my life forever. It's because I was sitting in that theater watching my first star Wars movie in the theater ever. Force Awakens, And Carrie walked on that screen and I went that one, I'm doing that costume. That's awesome. Cause she walked off that transport in charge. It doesn't matter if she had five, six lines in the movie. She walked off that transport and literally everybody was like, well, she's in charge. So talk to her. That's, then, I mean, you're exactly media, right. That yeah. scene was so powerful. But in the media outcry that came out right after it of she didn't age well, I was like, really jerks? I'm pretty yeah. younger than she is. You want to talk about it? I'm going to cosplay her and you're going to, you're going to bite it. <laughs> like, yep. You can get Good away from for it. you. <laughs> so, you know, I've got her, then I do, I do Mon Mothma, Vice Admiral Holdo, who I fell in love with in a book when she was 16 years old. So I knew who that character was before oh, she cool. walked on the screen. Um, Agent Carter was that was kind of an instant. I just, Peggy Carter is just one of those characters that she's timeless in my opinion. I'm obsessed with her. 
Me too. And and initially I was working on a different version of her. I wanted to do the what we call the project rebirth. It's her it's when they're putting cap into the machine. It's yeah. that look. That was the one I was working on at the time. And then I found a fan art that was her as Captain America. Yeah. It, it just I stuck in that. my brain so hard that I was like, I gotta make that one. And that was the first uh Peggy that I ever did, which I call Captain Carter, but she, I wore again this weekend for the first time in a, a little over a year and what an impact. Like they, they, there was just so much love for that character still. And that show has been off the air for almost or off the air for almost two years. doesn't matter. I love seeing Peggy's still because I'm like, it only had two seasons two and like seasons. part of the movie. Yeah. And all of it is like quote unquote old now. And it doesn't matter because yeah. she's so amazing. No, it doesn't matter because like, like I said, you know, she's timeless. They could, they could scrap Star Wars forever, right? And Leia would still would still be out there, you know. Like Haley, 100%. I'm sure Haley Atwell's gone off and done other things in her career, but the first character I think of with her is Agent Carter. I've seen other work that she's done, and she's fantastic in everything she chooses to do. And so was Carrie. But there's always that one iconic character that they kind of pull out that you're like, yep, that one. You're, I'm keeping that one. Yep, I'm going to remember you like this forever. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like that's, I think, I think for a lot of cosplayers, it, it is a character that has to speak to you. It's not necessarily, it depends. You know, I had to have a theory that especially in the agent Carter community, you can kind of tell what part of the character people are attracted to by how they portray it. Yeah. So with, with Peggy, there are some girls who, and this is perfectly fine. There are some girls who are simply attracted to her aesthetic. They like the 1940s. They, they want to wear their hair pretty and wear red lipstick and red nails and heels. And that's awesome. For me, I'm very much attracted to her morality and, um, who she was in Captain America is what striked, like struck me as being really kind of important. And then she went off and did the show and that was even better. So I think that's such a cool point, though, that like even one character, I mean, I guess this is something that you notice a lot in cosplay. Even one character has so many different, so many different angles, like their personality Mm -hmm. is different. They're in different scenes. They have different outfits. They're in different groups. Like depending on who they're interacting with. Yeah, I think that's so cool that you can take and even when cosplayers do like mashups, like you were saying, you know, your fan art mashup. Yeah. That adds a whole nother level, (laughs) which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, like mashup cosplays are some really fun ones too. Like I have a friend who does a Sith Elsa. That's incredible. Fantastic. Her lightsaber is, I think, I think her lightsaber is red. Yeah. She's got the two, two sided red lightsaber. And then she wears a dress that has lights underneath of it. But it's That's all like so that, cool. that like I call it oil slick fabric and oh it's shiny gosh. and it's fun. And she wears dark makeup, but she's, she's got like platinum blonde hair naturally. And she just braids it like Elsa and she goes and she's fantastic. So, you know, those mashups are super fun, especially if you can come up with one that you absolutely enjoy and you go, I like these two characters. I'm going to be, you know, the six-year-old that couldn't decide what they wanted to be for Halloween. Right. <laughs> Just do both at the same time. Even when I saw you at Dragon Con, there was a photo shoot next to you guys of Disney Princess yes. Star Wars. Princess Jedi. It oh my God. So it was fun. amazing. Oh my gosh. It was yeah. so good. It was so fun. I have a couple of friends who have done Jedi Belle, which Belle is uh, my second favorite third favorite Disney princess, rather. I, I always say second favorite, but now Leia is a Disney princess. So like, right. she's number yes. one. Um, I was always an Aurora girl. So um, she's, yeah. she's pretty and great. I absolutely loved all of that. It was so much fun. But what I would love to see, that would be such a fun mashup group. We could think about this. If they had 
the the Disney princess Jedis and then the Disney villain Siths. Oh my gosh. How fun would that be? I want that to happen so badly. I'm <laughs> sure it will. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. <laughs> next year at Dragon Con, y'all. Next year at Dragon Con. Everyone do that, please. It's <laughs> so awesome. We want to take a quick break from the episode to thank our sponsor, Jordan Dene. Jordan Dene is a geek chic home goods and apparel brand that is based in Brooklyn. All of our designs are hand lettered and we use quotes that are inspired by our favorite characters and stories in pop culture. We have super, super soft shirts, t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, and all kinds of home goods and accessories if you want to be subtly nerdy in your everyday life. You can check us out at jordandanae.com and at jordandanaenyc all over the internet. So you do all the parts of cosplay too, right? Like you do wig stuff, mm-hmm. you do makeup stuff, you do oh, yeah. sewing. Like that's incredible. Yeah, I kind of, I, I'm, I forget how very lucky I am twofold that I was born with a good set of hands and that I got to go to school for what I got to go to school for, which led to my career path. So um, on October 16th, I actually start full time on a Broadway show. Wow. And I've been working on Broadway for the last two years as what they call a swing in the wig department. So it's, it's kind of like if someone is sick or injured or calls out or goes on vacation, they need, just like the actors do, the crew members need someone to step in and take their place while they're away. I was that makes, to I, that like, actually had no idea, but that makes so much sense. Yeah. So I was, I was doing that on three different shows. I was on Aladdin, Wicked and Frozen. Wow. And, um, Aladdin was my first one. I started in December. It would have been two years um, ago that I started there. And I started in Frozen back in May, I think. But all of us in the hair room can't remember when I started because we just kind of <laughs> became this stupid wig family right away. Like I, I loved them and they loved me and we kind of all just get along, which is great. But um, I, I had left the company I was with and they found out about it and and asked me right away if I would take the place of someone who's leaving to go to another show. And it was kind of the, the perfect order of things, but that's what I do for a living. Now. Um, I was a wig maker for the last year and a half with a specific company. I've been making wigs for about three years. Um, and that's kind of a specific skill set that I was very lucky to learn working. I've been, like I said, I've been sewing since I was 16, been making costumes since I was in college, but I also do fabrication. I can do props. I can do warbler pieces. I can, uh, it, the, the, the what is the the quote from Mean Girls or not Mean Girls? Yeah, Mean Girls. The limit does not exist. Yeah, exactly. Like actually, every single part that you can possibly <laughs> yeah, have a hand in. Yeah, like let me have my. If I could learn how to cobble, that would be the best. <laughs> That's so. actually like the last thing. Shoes. Yeah, it's the one. The your one own thing. Shoes. I mean, I've made a pair of gloves. I could use a little bit more work on that. But but yeah. Oh shoes. my gosh. Teach me how to make shoes. Someone teach me how to make shoes. That's <laughs> so incredible. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I can figure out hats. I just, I just made the, um, what it, we're calling, we call it the racetrack dress, but it's the red dress from season two of agent Carter with the real, yeah. I just oh, made yeah. that and the hat for, well, I, I modified a hat for a friend of mine for this convention and she looked like a million bucks. Um, but yeah, so I do a little bit of millinery work, but not a lot. That's so wild. <laughs> like all of each of those things is so impressive. And then to be able to hold your own in all of those is so cool. It's weird. It's weird to think about that. Like, no, I can do that. And that's just how my brain operates too. Like sometimes it's something that I've never done before and I mess it up ridiculously the first time I do it, but then I know how to do it. 
That's like, awesome. oh, let me, let me try this. Oh, that was bad. I should not do that next time. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably a loaded question, but if someone is like brand new to cosplay, like just wants to get started, what, mm-hmm. what do you think is the best? I mean, I'm sure everyone is different, but do you have suggestions for like a path to sort of ease in? Um, or I think that all depends on, and see this, this comes down to something as well. Just because you don't make your own costume does not mean that you're not a cosplayer. True. Yes. So, and that's something I wish, um, I've heard it from a lot of people. I didn't make this. It doesn't matter. You look beautiful. So go out there and own it. Um, if you want to get into actually making your own costumes, my suggestion is to start with a costume that you can find some found pieces that you can modify. So not necessarily the sewing modification, but I think of a lot of, um, a lot of the characters that are, are cat suit characters, Catwoman, et cetera. You can experiment with, or even Natasha Romanoff, you can experiment then with doing a bit of fabrication of like making the belt or making pieces of the belt out of craft foam or learn how to mess around with Warbler if you want to, you know, drop a little bit of money and actually play with it a little bit and see if you want to do it. Or there are other foam options out there too. And then uh, honestly go on YouTube or go on Pinterest and look at tutorials of the things that you want to do. I have been sewing for almost 20 years and I still, I've, I've a recent habit that I've been thrown into because someone that I work with every day does it. But Every time I go to put a zipper in, I look up a, a tutorial on YouTube. I think that'll make a lot of people feel good just to hear you say that. Because, yeah. I mean, I do stuff like that, too. I Google different, like, stuff with printing and ink all the time. Like, just because you look for help does not mean no, it like, the experts do it, too. Absolutely not. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't mean that you're any, any less skilled. It just means that, like, you need your brain to be refreshed on how to do yeah. this because you don't do it that often. Like, that red dress I built, I had to put what's called a lap zipper into the side of it. I haven't put a lap zipper in in about eight months. So, so right, you, I've, been, like, I've been doing too many other things. I've barely even had time to sew in the last year. So I was like, no, I need to, I need a refresher on this. Someone please remind me how my fa- my head and my hands are supposed to operate. And I think you're right. YouTube is such a great resource for that because even YouTube has levels of like very, very intro to like, Oh yeah. Very, very expert. Yeah. Which and is see, awesome. and that's, something, that's, that's kind of where, what sparked the idea for our classes is we had so many people asking just this question, well, where should I start? Yeah. And, and we've noticed that there are a lot of things that between it's Christine and I that will be giving the classes here at Cause and Effect with, you know, the aid of our other two business partners who are going to offer classes in their own right. Because um, one of our, aside from Joe, one of our other board members is also a burlesque performer herself and wants to offer performance classes for people. Oh, wow. Um, And additionally, you know, um, how to make pasties and things like that, because that's also a skill. She's tried to teach me how to do it. It is so much handwork and tiny work. It's just, it's beautiful. The amount of time it takes to make them is just stunning. Um, But with the sewing classes, we want to start all the way at the bottom with, you know, here's how you actually read a pattern you've bought in the store. Because, yeah. you know, they're not they're not as user friendly as everyone thinks that they are. Or here's how you not really at all. Yeah, totally. You know, just the bare bones of everything. And, and we realized that there was a need for it. So we're going to offer it at a really good rate and hopefully at a good time for everyone. But um, it's it's that we realized that there was this need because a lot more people want to learn how to be fabricators. And if you can, if you can't make it to a class that's like this, YouTube is absolutely one of your best bets. And I liked your point too of 
you don't have to make every single piece by mm-hmm. hand yourself. I mean, you don't have to make any of it yourself, no. but even if you want to do parts, you can still buy like specific pieces yeah. on Etsy or through oh, yeah. different ways. I mean, that's the other thing, you know, if some of these costumes, depending on what you want, can be a lot of money if you're getting someone to make them. Um, like, you know, I've been asked about my Admiral Haldo dress and I, I have to charge a lot of money for that dress because of the time and the fabric. Yeah. And people don't want to spend that kind of money. And they go, well, I can make it myself. You could, but do you know how to work with a stretch knit? Have you ever done that before? Right. Sometimes like the reason it costs a lot is because you're saving yourself so many hours of taking things apart. But yeah, the modification thing. I mean, I have my Captain Carter costume. The only part of it that I fully built is the actual suit. The, uh, the top of it, the pants are reenactors paratrooper pants that I took in to fit me. That's my awesome. My belt and my gaiters are all vintage 1940s World War II that I got on eBay. My boots are, are corker and jump boots that I found on Poshmark. The gloves I made, but you know, the wig I actually didn't, the first wig I wore, I didn't actually completely make. I bought the wig and I just put a lace front on it because I knew how to ventilate at that point. And then I styled it. So like even, even to that point learning how to work with lace front wigs that you've already bought and how to style them we want to offer classes and that stuff too so because that, that's that's so another awesome. thing people go I can't do wigs you can you just need to be shown how so yeah I love that so much tell everyone where they can find out more about your new company because that sorry. sounds like a great resource sure well sorry for the, the banging the oh no it's okay you're like actually working right now so that's yeah. fine that there's noise yeah, um so for for cause and effect if you find us on instagram i believe you can search no it's cause cos uh and then the ampersand and effect so cause and effect um but our instagram handle is the word the underscore cos underscore letter n underscore effect but if awesome. you just search COS, COS and effect, you'll be able to find us. Our logo is a little mask with a CE on the inside. Um, and then I'm Starbuck underscore cosplay on Instagram. I love it. Thank you so much Absolutely. for chatting about all the ways to get involved in cosplay. I want to have you on again. To just, oh, I know this you. world is so big. There's so much more we could talk about. Oh my goodness. I'm sure we could fill hours of podcasts. I'm sure. That's so awesome. Thank you so much, of Kate. Course, no problem. Um, and thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to get involved in cosplay things, please check out Kate and what she's doing. Um, if you like the kind of interviews that we have, please hit subscribe. And you can also check out our Patreon if you want to support the Sartorial Geek. Have an awesome week, everyone. Stay nerdy and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.